Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kathy. Kathy is a California transplant now living in the Pittsburgh area, and she's an internal communications specialist. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you for having me, Jen. Well, I'm so glad to be talking to you today. So you probably know from listening to the podcast, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So it's actually a long story, about 60 years old, actually. I think I'm probably would be a good test case for being born with, you know, whether it was insulin resistance at the get-go or just whatever propensity for the obesity gene I had it from the day I was born. Grew up in a family of five. I was the only one that was overweight. The rest of my family was all normal weight. So uh, like a lot of your, a lot of IFers and, and listeners, And on your support page, I've done everything 
I think uh, actually my first diet, my parents, bless their hearts, didn't know any better, but put me on the HCG diet when I was eight. Wow. Wow. See, people think that's a new diet, but no. it was around. Was that was that like the 50s? Is yeah, that when that was? Well, not quite that long ago, but around 67, 68. 67. Okay. I know yeah. it like kind of popped out around that. I guess I didn't do good math. Sorry, everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me any older than I am, Jen. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. So it was it was the 50s and the 60s when that yes. was first coming around and people were doing it. So you did the HCG diet when you were eight years eight old. Eight years old. Yep, 500 wow. calories, you know, that awful oh my gosh. chicken. And, and like oh, I yeah. said, I, you know, I, I mean, even I didn't know, you know, 60 years later or a little less than that when I finally read you know, some of the material that's out now we can talk about, but, you know, none of us knew. And, and, you know, you look at all the the data and all the different from the early 1900s that, you know, the changing, constant changing reasons why we're fat and how not to be. And, and I know my parents were, you know, were trying to help me, right. It wasn't anything else than, you know, we're, we're trying to help. And I'm sure that it did nothing to help. I mean, I remember seeing a picture so when I was in third or fourth grade or something like that, I remember seeing a pretty gaunt looking little girl, you know, and obviously it didn't last. And so here we are. So I, I think the main thing that's different about my journey, at least that I've heard so far from your stories, is that in 1999, so about 20 years ago, I finally decided to have bariatric surgery. Okay. And my doctor actually brought it up. I didn't know really anything about it. I remember the old stories of stomach stapling that, you know, were horror stories and quote unquote, it never worked. And we all know now why. Right. But yeah, my doctor recommended it. I had basically dieted my way up to over 300 pounds. I went to him and said, I, I don't know what to do. I've, you know, done everything. I've done Weight Watchers how many times? And, and, you know, the low calorie, low carb, counting everything and, and to no avail, successful for a while, like everybody. And, and it, it came right back on. This is the part that's so frustrating. You could not have tried any harder than you were yep. trying. Yep. I mean, you were, you were doing everything. You were trying to follow the advice. You were trying different plans and, and you just couldn't seem to, to make it work for your body. Now we understand why, of course. Right. 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 Absolutely. So your doctor recommended weight loss surgery. Right. So I contacted my insurance company and they approved it. And and, uh, I had it done just when the, the, so I had the RNY, which is where the stomach is surgically shrunk. And then they take your lower intestine and they cut part of it. So it's shorter. And then they attach it to the smaller pouch, if you will. So the idea is that it restricts the amount that you can eat. And then with the lesser path to digest through digestion, the absorption rate goes down. Is this officially, do we call it a gastric bypass? Yes. Is that another name for the? Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because they're by, you're bypassing part of your intestine, intestinal process. They basically reattached your intestine to yeah. a different spot in your stomach. So that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure that that was yeah. the right name for it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you had the gastric bypass in 1999. That's correct. Yeah. And it worked. I over, you know, they call it a golden period, about 18 to 24 months. I dropped a hundred pounds in a little less than a year, I think probably 10 months. And then I, I, I think I lost about 140 pounds total, but it's a tool. 
And it still is, honestly, but it didn't fix the problem, right? I mean, it's still, I'm within probably less than three years, my weight was starting to creep back on and pretty soon I was dieting again. Okay. So it worked, you got down, but then less than three years later, you were inching your way back up. That's right. Now, fortunately for me, I there was a panic button in my mind, right? So I know a lot of people that I worked with and were friends with and colleagues that I know of that had it and gained all of their weight back. Thankfully, I didn't gain all my weight back because there, there like I said, there was a panic button. And so, but I would, I gained, you know, almost half of it back and multiple times. So again, I was right back on the yo-yo dieting. Yeah, that's what's so heartbreaking because you feel like you've, you're doing this thing that's going to be your permanent solution, and yep. yet it's still, you know, you're still yo-yoing maybe in a smaller range, but it's still it's still the yo-yo. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're back to and talk about feeling like a failure. I mean, it's bad enough right. when you lose some weight on Weight Watchers or or whatever the the diet of the day was, but when you do something as as drastically as having the weight loss surgery. And then you start gaining weight back, you know, then it's so obvious, right? Because it, because you lose weight so fast, so much faster, you know, and so you're, it's much more visible. And then when, you know, six months, a year later, you're, you know, people see you again and, and you just hear, you know, the, the, you know, the, in their minds, they don't say it out loud, but you know what they're thinking. And if they aren't, right. you feel like they are. <laughs> That, yeah, I mean, yeah. and I I know you. I know how you it would have to feel because, for me, I didn't have weight loss surgery, but I did have the yo yo years when I would yeah. lose the weight and gain it back, and I always felt like if I was on the bigger end, that people were like, "Well, there she is again." Yep, must be lazy, can't stick to yep. it, doesn't have will. She just yeah, doesn't have the will. She could she could do it if she would just try harder. That's right. That's right. So, 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 you know, back to the yo-yo dieting, you know, did HCG, there's, you know, new, new clinics doing the same thing. Green light medicine was one. Were you doing the shots or the drops? The shots. Yeah, me too. I did the shots. Were you doing the shots when you were eight years old? I guess that's all they had. Yes. In fact, and we would go, if I remember right, we went to the doctor's office every day. And they gave you a shot. Yep. Probably. You're supposed to have it every day. So that's probably what you did. Yeah. I gave myself the shots. And I think back about how crazy that is. It is crazy. I mean, I got them from a doctor, so it must be legit, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And the weight fell right off. It it is. It is money. money. It is. And you know, the theory was was developed in the 50s and 60s by the, mm-hmm. the doctor who invented it, Dr. Simeons. I still remember all the details, but the theory made so much good sense. You know, it's pregnancy hormone, tricks your yeah. body into thinking you're pregnant, not going to slow the metabolism. Right. Except for me, it was after I did it that my weight really skyrocketed. I'm pretty sure it did slow my metabolism. Yes, I totally, I absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that that like I said, I I clearly was born to have an issue with obesity, but, you know, at eight years old, 500 calories a day, no matter what they were giving me, there is no doubt in my mind that that, that contributed. Was, were you the youngest of your family? Yes. And did your mom have any kind of like, you know, gestational diabetes with you? Do Not you know? Did aware, she say? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I wonder. I'm aware of. Because I know sometimes that can, that can give you a like... 
I, just a theory that that may, um, yeah. you know, affect you later if you were kind of, if your mom was going through that while she was pregnant with you. I was just curious if you knew. But anyway, so you did the HCG again. How yeah, did that did work HCG, for you this, Oh, this I mean, time? I dropped, yeah, I dropped the weight, right? I mean, that, I, I was just, I was a sucker for the quick fix, right? Now, Me too. I, because I always thought that if, if what I did had quick results, it would motivate me. How could I not want to stay this way? Right. How yeah. could I not want to feel great, be able to buy the smaller clothes, you know, and, and it's funny. I was talking to my daughter-in-law recently. I said, you know, it's always interesting last few years, I think mostly where all of the programs now they have that little, the little disclaimer that says, uh, you know, these are not typical results or, you know, average weight loss is 20 pounds. And here I've got, you know, 50 or more pounds to lose, but I knew that wasn't going to be me. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and the funny part is I remember when I was doing, I think HCG one time, I was like, you know, I just have to get to my goal weight. That's the hard part. Yep. And then somebody looked at me and they said, no, it isn't. Maintaining is the hard part. And I'm like, what? No, I can maintain it. I can maintain And then I couldn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I, I'm really good at dieting. You know, once I finally, you know, force myself to take that, that first day, that first step, whatever the, again, the diet of the day is, you know, once I launched into it, there was a little switch in my head that, that went on and man, I was stuck to it for a while and I, I've never gotten completely to a goal weight, by the way. I don't uh, even know what that is really. I know the charts say that I, for my height, I should weigh in the range of 130. The lowest I've ever gotten is in the 150 range. And are you about 5'5"? Five, five? Is that five, how tall three. you are? 5'3". Five, 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 three. Three. Okay, 5'3", 5'3". Yeah. yeah. And uh, I used to be 5'4", but I'm shrinking. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to know how tall I am now. I'm, I haven't <laughs> checked, but I used to be 5'5". Five, five. So, <laughs> exactly. so you've never gotten there, never nope. gotten to a goal weight. Never. Never. I mean, I have to say, though, when I was in the 150 range, which was the lowest I got after the weight loss surgery before I started putting weight back on. And then in 2010, one of my rounds of doing the HCG program, I got down to 148. Okay. The problem is like, you know, as you were just saying, is that, you know, well, you thought get, you know, get to my goal weight and that then it'll be easy for me. You know, I could diet for a while and and get weight off and and but as soon as you know you take a breath, you know it's right back on. Right and again, it, it and, is because you just can't live that restrictive way. No, you, you can't keep it up, and your metabolism slows. I mean, we know Absolutely. that because yeah, no, we, you know we we've studied that ever for you know all the time they've studied diets. We know the metabolism compensates, and yes, you can you can rev it back up over time eventually, but right, hopefully, you know, as much as your own personal body will allow you to do that based on your individual factors, but it really does cause that yo-yo rebound weight gain. Right. Well, and speaking of the revving the metabolism, so one of the programs that I've that I've done in the last five years is the Metafast Optivia. Right. Oh goodness. So yeah. the whole idea behind that one is, you know, the little packaged meals and you know, and you eat it every two to three hours, because guess what? Supposedly that keeps your metabolism burning. <laughs> and see, that's so funny because you know, that's based on the whole idea of eating itself raises the metabolic rate so that you have to burn the food. And that is true. Right. You know, the act of eating makes your metabolism, you know, kick in. 
So, hey, the more we eat, the more frequently we eat, the more our metabolism will go up, except that that's not what happens when you're eating tiny little amounts of food. That's right. And it doesn't go up enough to counteract the fact that you just ate that food. And now it's starvation level because you're not eating enough food. And so your body has to downregulate your metabolism to deal with it. I I hope I just explained that well, but you know what I mean. (laughs) It doesn't actually work in practice the way that they say that it will. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and we know now, or I know now, is that it also didn't help insulin resistance, right? So my That's the opposite of how yeah. it's the worst because you have this tiny little drip of food all the time. And so right. insulin is always kicked back up and you're never able to get back into that deep fat burning state. That's right. So, so fast forward to 2019, I turned 60 years old this year. So in January, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to lose 50 by 60. That was, you know, I started trying to mentally prepare myself for yet another battle. And for whatever reason, and I just, I, I couldn't get myself motivated to even get started. And I just, because I knew that you know, well, I'll start next week or I'll start, you know, the well, first because you're weary. Month. You've been totally. struggling with this for, you know, 52 years at yep. least yep. since that first HCG diet at the age of eight. And you're yep. weary. And, you know, there are periods of like, I quit. I just can't do this. It's too hard. Right. Or I'm going to put myself through whatever the program I picked to do. And, you know, I'm going to go through this and and it's going to be a struggle, but I I know I can, you know, win the battle for a while, but you know, what good is it going to do? Right. I was poking, I think I was on Facebook one day and we're talking May-ish timeframe and I, somebody, you know, those ads pop up and it was something about bone broth. Oh yeah. So, so I see this ad for bone broth and so I start looking at it and it mentions this intermittent fasting and I hadn't really heard. I don't recall hearing anything about it up to that point. Although, I, well, I, I had heard about Jason Fung's book when he first released it, but I, I think I poo-pooed it at the time. You know, it was like, oh, hormones, whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't really, I mean, I saw him do the circuit on the various talk shows and everything, but I really didn't pay attention because I just, yeah. figured, whatever. So I, I started searching intermittent fasting and I ran across his book. And so I thought, you know, all right, I'm going to read this book. And, and within the first few chapters, I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. So now I know And this why. was the obesity code? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The obesity code. And it was like, all right. A, I was angry because of all the yes. years that, you know, I struggled and did all the things that we were told we had to do and failed. I mean, I was angry and happy at the same time, right? So part of right. it was kind of a bit of redemption that, all right, it's not my fault necessarily. I love the, the cause versus correlation that he talks about extensively. And that was, you know, obviously the fact that I eat crappy food sometimes absolutely is correlation to the reason why I gain weight, but it's not the cause. Right. And so that whole idea was, was an eye opener for me. You know, of course the years of, okay, no sugar, that's actually sugar's okay. Now, no fat and just the whole history of the obesity business, if you will. And how it's, yeah, it's, it's cycled between this is the enemy. This is the enemy. Oh wait, right. this is the new enemy. Yeah. Right. right. So, so then I found an intermittent fasting Facebook page. It wasn't yours yet. 
And I started lurking there. And then I just finally decided, all right, I need to start doing something. Actually, let me step back. What really triggered me to, to give it a whirl was July 4th. Bunch of family in town, a lot of pictures. Pictures don't lie. You can kind of lie to yourself in the mirror, right? You, you oh, see you what, do. You, you, you see totally what you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. But then all these pictures were being posted and I saw the picture of me and I just went, oh, heck no, this, I, this is enough. So I started, looked into, okay, how do I start? And I think I did a 14 hour fast and then went from there. And, and somebody mentioned delay, don't deny on this other Facebook page and support group. And so I got the book and devoured it in a day. It was, the book is fantastic. It was really the roadmap, right? I mean, I was, one of the things that's interesting until I read your book was that I still had that diet mentality. So even though I was doing intermittent fasting, I was still, I was going, okay, T-D-E-E, you know, I forget what the acronym stands for, but I think it's total daily energy expenditure. There you go. That sounds right. So I got all the lingo down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to mix of all the other useless information. But oh, yeah. So I was I was looking at, so I was counting calories. I was tracking what I was eating. I was doing percentages of, you know, protein, fat, carbs. I knew that I wasn't a keto person. So, but I also had carbs are bad in my head. Right. So I was still struggling with that diet mentality. And it wasn't until I read your book, and got onto the delay, don't deny support page that it really all kind of crystallized. And I started realizing that for this to be a sustainable lifestyle, A, it all made sense to me. I knew that I would never go on another diet. And more importantly, Jen, I knew I would never pay anybody another dime. I love that so much. That that was so liberating. I, I wish I had all the money back. Oh my lord, yes. Oh, anyway, you know it's um, true. The supplements, the the magic diet plans at the doctor's office, the shots. Yep. Then I tried HCG drops because you didn't have to get those at the doctor, and the the patches, the potions, the yeah, yep. the books. So, yeah, I wish I had all that money back. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I, I think you know I, I, that was that was quite liberating, and so so no more diets, no more paying. No, nope. it all made sense all made sense. Absolutely. So I, I've been, you know, I'm not at my goal yet. I know a lot of the IFers that you talk to have, you know, gotten to their goals or close to it or on maintenance. I'm about halfway there and I'm still learning. And I think, I, I, I think one of the things that's really made a difference and why I know this is so the right thing is that I want to learn constantly. I want to learn more about it. So I'm, I'm constantly reading, I'm, you know, blogs or anytime somebody quotes a study, I go look at it. I go back and read your book. I have the obesity code. I go back and look up information there. I keep notes. And part of that, Jen, is that so that when somebody asks me about it, I have notes on my computer where I have links to studies that, that I've looked at, links to videos all the reference books, you know, yours and Jason's. I love Dr. Burt Herring's Appetite Correction. Yeah, I did too. Love it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that really is an indicator of how right this is 
it, at least for me and clearly for the, what you have 250,000 people now in yeah, all yeah. of your Facebook support groups, you know, and, and I, I do believe it's something that it, it's, I feel like it's my, my obligation to share it. Now I do it very carefully and I've, you know, because I know, and Dr. Bert Herring talks about this in his book, is the hardest thing is the criticism you're going to get. Right. Yeah. For now, I've, I'm keeping it to myself, but occasionally somebody will ask me about it or the conversation will come up and, and having all this reference information at my fingertips essentially helps me with explaining it and giving the backup. It's not just, oh, here, Kathy's on another diet. Right. And see, that's the thing. That's how it was for me at first, because when I started doing it, now you have to keep in mind, when I really got gung-ho and was doing it for good, it was 2014 into 2015. And so, you know, the obesity code hadn't been released yet. It was just, we were going with Dr. Herring's original book, the Fast Five book. There were a few books out there. We were all just kind of still figuring it out. But people were like, yeah, there goes Jen again. She's doing another one of her crazy things. She'll lose some weight, but then she'll gain it all back. Absolutely. (laughs) And then, then I didn't, then I kept losing. And then I, you know, I looked better and was healthier. And I don't mean better, like, because I was slim, I mean, healthier, but healthier, you know, I looked better because you, you just can't hide the, the glow that you have as an intermittent faster. And so then people started to ask about it. And that's when I kind of started getting into my support groups and forming them, you know, as small as they were way back then in 2015, 2016. But just like you just said, I learned about it so I could talk to other people about it. Mm -hmm. And it was because the more I knew, the, the better I could, you know, talk to them and answer their questions. And so what you're doing is very much like what I did early on is just gathering the the most information. And then you never have to feel like you're defending it in a way where you're like embarrassed or, you know, don't know what you're talking about. You know what you're talking about. You've got the science and that's a powerful feeling. Right. And, you know, Dr. Hearing talked about getting pushback because that he wrote that in the mid to late 2000, like 2007, 2008, maybe around there. Think about how many people are doing intermittent fa- fasting now and how many people yeah. know about it. Right. Totally. One of the things that I, I take notes when I read stuff now, right? Again, it's I, this is the indicator to me that, that this is absolutely the right track and, and will be forever for me. Whenever I'm listening to a podcast or you know reading a study, I take notes. Oh, the sugar video, the documentary on Netflix. That sugar film, is that what it's oh, called? Oh, my goodness. Yes, that one was absolutely fascinating. And I was sitting there with my notebook and, and, you know, his charts of what happens when you eat sugar and, you know, the various changes in your, in your biology and, and how horrible it is. And now let me say that I like sugar. And one of the things, interestingly, that I've learned is that if I'm going to eat something with sugar in it, I'm not going to eat the fake stuff anymore because it's actually worse for you. And these are the tidbits of things that I learned. I, I, you know, the don't deny, mantra of of your book is so important because that's one of the reasons diets fail is that you're Uh just don't eat this don't eat that this is horrible but i absolutely try to uh, avoid added sugar can i share a set what what might be a sad story or maybe it's a happy story i can't tell which (laughs) 
this, I've had a very stressful week because our house is for sale and we're supposed to close. We're supposed to close yesterday. Long story. We didn't, but it's going to close. I'm convinced it will. Yay. But anyway, I was very stressed out. Mm-hmm. So I was driving my car and I was feeling very stressed out. I'm like, you know what? Some ice cream would make me feel better. I want to go drive to the grocery store and get some ice cream because my brain will love that ice cream. And then I'm like, yeah, but then I'll have restless legs and I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> so I did uh, not go get the ice cream. Oh. And I was a little bit mad because I'm like, but I really want ice cream. I can have it, but I won't like the way I feel. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, I guess that's like being a grown up, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to remember somebody recently said something that resonated with me. And that is, you know, like you're stressed out wanting the ice cream or, you know, like, I want to eat a donut or I want to eat something because I'm not, you know, I'm feeling stressed. And, and the, the comment that was made was thinking, am I going to be happy? I did that an hour from now. Right. Or, right. or whatever the time frame is. And I thought that's really a good thing to keep in mind. It's like, well, right now it might taste really good and might make me feel like I'm, you know, pacifying my stress for the moment, but an hour, two hours from now, am I, you know, am I going to look back and go, okay, that was really stupid. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I'm never going to eat ice cream or sugar again because I will. But if I had gone to the store and gotten a pint of ice cream, I would have eaten too much ice cream because I know myself because it's so delicious. And then I would have felt bad physically. And and so, yeah, I I guess if I had a little ice cream, I'd have been okay. But I was not going to eat a little ice cream. (laughs) Right. A lot of ice cream. <laughs> and so I just, I, I, I took a pause and said, I don't really need to do that. And so I didn't. And right. so, you know, you were talking about the sugar film and I don't like to demonize any food and, yeah. and, and sugar is one of them. And, and if I can eat a little bit or I'm in a party and I'm having dessert, but it's, it's amazing how far my body has come in the years of, of like learning to listen to it and feeling like I'm working with my body instead of against it. Right. And that's what I was going to say is that as much as, you know, watching, you know, the, the science behind how our bodies process different nutrients, good and bad, but I I am not going to totally say I'm never going to eat sugar again. Right. I mean, I avoid it. But when I, if I do have something, I'm going to, I'm going to eat the sugar and not the chemical version. And, you know, and the same idea with, with fats and healthy fats and that kind of thing. And I still, even though I've been doing what I'm on, it's been four months now, two and a half since I completely adopted the quit dieting. Right. And now that's not to say I go crazy. Usually, occasionally I do, but for the most part, it's just that diet mentality, but, you know, not being afraid to get butter instead of the fake margarine, you know, and, and the whole foods and, and the healthy foods and, and staying away from the chemicals and, and processed food as much as possible. That's really the only thing that I avoid and that's added sugar and processed foods Otherwise, I I eat, you know, what my body tells me it feels like eating. I think that's fabulous. So is this the freest that you've ever felt in your life about food? Absolutely. Well, the freest, I, well, yeah, I mean, actually, that's a really interesting question because there's two sides of that, right? One is I don't feel bad about eating anything right now. Whereas even when I wasn't dieting, I still had that nag in my head that, you know, this is bad for you. You know, this is making you fat, but even more so being in a way of life where my goal is to lose weight for now, I 
don't feel guilty about eating what I want during my eating window. Now, again, I, I'm very, I'm careful. I'm still careful. I don't go to, to McDonald's and eat fast food all the time. Not that I haven't had it, but I, you know, I do still try to eat healthier than usual, but I don't count. I don't worry about what percentage of this, that, or the other thing is that I'm eating. And, and, you know, I, it, it, and I think that the main thing is, is it's flexible. Right. I went on vacation in August. So about a month into IF, my IF way of life, I actually did two different vacations, went to Idaho for a big family occasion, which you know what that means. Right. Food, food, constantly. Right. So, but I went in knowing, and part of it was reading about your cruise life, right? That, you know what, you do the best you can and, and don't focus on, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. How do I work my vacation around my diet? Right. It's no, how do I work my diet around my vacation? And, and I use that word diet, just, you know, the intermittent fasting. So, We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I was still, I didn't eat breakfast. And maybe I only fasted 12 or 14 hours instead of the 18 to 21 hours that I normally do. But I didn't worry about it. And I didn't worry about that there was food around. And I had tastes of this and that and the other thing. And it just... I came back and I'd lost a pound and a half. And I was like, I, it. <laughs> if I had, if I had, you know, stayed the same, I'd have been fine with that. But I, that was a huge victory. And then, you know, two days after I got home from Idaho, my local family here and I 
took a quick three-day trip before the kids started school and we went up to Erie and at a water park and you know and we had a nice dinner and drinks and all of that and again I just I didn't worry about what I ate I just I fasted as long as made sense but I didn't let it impact the time I was spending with the family and that in the past, it would have been, oh, no, I'm cheating. Oh, no, I'm blowing my diet. Oh, no, you know, now I have to get back into the swing of things. I never felt that way at all. You know, I think that's big because I think back to myself when I was having that moment of, oh, I'm cheating. I'm off my diet. I would just go whole, whole gung-ho yeah. into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I'm off. I might as well be off because then I'll get back and I'll have to restrict again. And so it's almost like it was worse. Like yes. I, I, but now, now it's like I don't have to overcompensate. Like right. I'm getting ready to go on a trip on Thursday. I'm going to Portland, and I'm going to be there for several days. There's going to be delicious food. We're going to a, a vineyard at some point. It's going nice. to be amazing. But I don't feel like I have to eat and eat and eat and eat. Right. I can still eat mindfully and enjoy every amazing thing with no guilt. Right. Right. So I'll, I'll probably eat less than I would have had I been like you know, just throwing caution to the wind. Yeah. I think that's no, important. I, and no, no guilt. Totally. And that absolutely, back to the question, absolutely is the first time that I felt free from food guilt, diet guilt, you know, well, like you said, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to cheat today. I might as well, you know, eat the whole bag of cookies. Right. And then you say, well, I blew it today. You know, one more day is not going to matter and maybe another day. And that's absolutely how the uh, the diet mentality, the sabotage, the, okay, I've blown it now. It's a lost cause. This, I think so much of this is mindset. Yes. And, and, you know, there are still people, you know, we've got, like you said, quarter of a million people in the Facebook groups. And there are still people who struggle with the diet mentality. and. Yeah you know, you see them struggle over and over again and, you know, always on and off and on and off. And right. what we want for them is for them to embrace, oh, wait a minute, this is not a diet. This is not forever. I can stop this cycle in my head, but it's it's easier to say than to do, I think for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting out of that cycle because we've, we've had it ingrained in us for all these, you know, maybe our whole adult life or even longer. Yeah. I still look at ingredients and, you know, when I see the fat content or the, the sugar content, but one thing, you know, back to the sugar, I only look at the added sugar. Honestly, I don't right. look at, I don't look at the carb total. I just, it's added sugar. If there's a crap ton of added sugar, it goes back on the shelf or I don't buy it, but I still, you know, you still look at things that way I and mean, you don't spend 50 plus years dieting and being told this and that and the other thing is bad or you know don't do this don't do that and and throw it all completely out the window but I've done it I mean I I feel more comfortable every day with that that this is just the way life is now I drink my coffee I you know don't eat until late in the afternoon and I close my window before seven o'clock is the mo that I'm on right and that's just that's how it goes now, so you normally have you said an eighteen to twenty one. Yeah, I, I I average twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I average twenty. I I sometimes with twenty one, twenty two hours. It just depends. I have to tell you, so I I'm, I work from home, 
And so that that it's not easy sometimes because when you're home and and even though you're busy part of the time, you have access to everything. True. Yeah, very true. So sometimes those hunger at the, you know, least opportune moment, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really hungry right now. Nine times out of 10, I'm, I get through it. You know, I, a lot of the advice, again, the support group, you know, talks about, and it might've even been uh, Dr. Herring that talks about the hunger pangs and you just, they pass. And, and so I, instead of acting on it right away, I, I drink, some coffee, I drink water, whatever, and it passes. I don't know what triggers it necessarily. I absolutely clean fast. So I just think, you know, your your body just, you know, maybe it's some subconscious, I think of a banana split or something and it makes my yeah. hunger, hunger pangs pop up. Well, we're so used to that. You know, we're used to the whole eating throughout the day and then yes. we have to kind of get off. It's more of like a habit. And food is so much more than just feeding, you know, physical hunger. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Well, we talked about the stress trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting on that sugar documentary. In fact, somebody posted earlier today about smelling vanilla to try and thwart hunger pangs. And there was something on that sugar movie where it was a milkshake that they showed somebody. And they did an MRI after the, seeing this milkshake, and there was indicators in this brain MRI that the the hunger, I forget what the scientific name for it is, you know, the part of the brain that triggers hunger, just seeing that milkshake triggered it. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I would not be smelling food scents if I were trying to... <laughs> <laughs> kind of no. not because you know smell and taste are linked so I, I feel like I would not go around smelling vanilla <laughs> no there's a grocery no. store in town that makes the best fried chicken ever and you walk in the door and you can smell it I do not go into that store in the middle of the day because it you know no matter how great I'm feeling and how smoothly today's fasting's going I walk into that store and smell that fried chicken and the saliva glands start running and yeah well smell is linked to it you know and I say that with caution because I don't want people to freak out and think they no. need to like wear a clothespin on their nose to get through the day <laughs> you do not no that we don't have a diet where you have to put a clothespin on your nose to avoid smelling food scents that's true that's <laughs> but that true. being said I wouldn't on purpose smell them just for the sake of smelling them <laughs> right Total. Well, and, and I started to say too, I, I am lucky. So even though I work from home, I am lucky in that I don't have kids at home. I don't have other food around, smells around that, that would trigger and make it more difficult to do intermittent fasting. I love when I read about couples that are doing it together because I think it makes it so much easier. It really does. Although when your husband like mine, he does it, but he eats two meals a day. So yeah. he comes home for lunch <laughs> and he's like, fix me some French toast. So today I made him French toast for lunch and I can do it in the fastest state. No trouble. I'm not even tempted to have it Yeah. now. I used to be very, you know, like belligerent about it. Right. Like, how could you be asking me to cook you this food when I'm not eating right now? And, but then you get over that and you're like, yeah, whatever. You do. You go. Yeah. My grandkids come and spend at least one night on the weekends over and, you know, they love coming to grandma's house because in the morning after they get up, guess what? She makes them bacon and eggs and, you know, whatever other, you know, breakfast item they want. 
and I can do it without, and I love bacon, but I can do it without, you know, worrying that I'm going to stuff it in my mouth. Because you could have it later if you still want bacon. Yes, absolutely. And and you're not like denied bacon forever. You can have bacon later and you're just like, I'm not having bacon right now. That's right. And then you lose that resentful feeling. That was the part it took me a while to get to, losing the resentful feeling. But once it's gone, you're like, yeah, it's fine. Right. Absolutely. And, and again, I think that the ease of compliance with this program is, is based absolutely on that principle. I mean, it's like, I know that I can eat, I'm just delaying the time of when I'm going to eat it. You know, speaking of that, we talked about getting pushback for, uh, you know, when somebody asks you, Oh, what are you doing? How are you losing weight? No, I'm intermittent fasting. I really like the notion of calling it time restricted eating. I do too. Yeah. Did you see in my, that I've written a new book and it's coming out in 2020. Did you notice that in the group? I did. I did. Okay. Well, this is the first time I've talked about it on this podcast. So I actually, you know, eating window is what we've called it, but in the science journals, they do say time restricted eating. So in in my new book, it's going to be called fast feast repeat and it's available through um, St. Martin's press, which is a division of Macmillan. And you can read about it. It's pre-order on Amazon as of now, but I do call it time-restricted eating in the eating window, you know, in the different types of fasting chapter. So I want to make sure to get that out there because I do think that the lingo, time-restricted eating, Mm -hmm. that is what they use in the scientific journals. And I do think it'll help as we share that with other people. I agree with you. I mean, I just think the the connotation, the negative connotation when you tell people that you're even intermittent fasting and then you say the word fasting and immediately they think you're starving, you're starving yourself. Well, no wonder you're losing weight. You're not eating. So calling it time-restricted eating absolutely is important. So what part, I mean, I think I saw that you mentioned that the book, the main goal of your book is to take all of the questions that a lot of the IFers are asking on the support pages and kind of, you know, a little more guidance based on all of that knowledge. I mean, what was... Well, the, the new the new book is really everything you could ever want to know about, about making this work for you from someone who's never... You do not have to have read Delay, Don't Deny first. Now, if you have read Delay, Don't Deny first, this is just, you know, you'll get deeper into everything. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not, you know, a follow-up to Delay, Don't Deny. It's really a whole new book. And since it's being published by a traditional publisher, that means it should be, you know, everywhere books are sold, which is very, very exciting. But I go much deeper into the science and and I can now, you know, think about when I wrote Delay, Don't Deny, it was 2016. The obesity code had just come out. We were still understanding autophagy because it had just won the Nobel Prize. And, you know, I was barely, you know, running Facebook groups. They were tiny at that point. And so as people read Delay, Don't Deny, and then have questions, I realize all the holes that are there. But a lot of them are holes I couldn't have filled in 2016 because we hadn't had the knowledge. Right. Like, for example, we understand now about, but you know, why is coffee okay during a fast, but other things are not? And it has to do with the science behind bitter flavors versus, you know, sweet flavors or sour flavors. Why don't we want lemon? And so I know so much more now after having, you know, the two podcasts and the support groups, like you said before, I've had to study, like you're studying, I've had to study to answer people's questions. So now I've got all the answers. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, like, you know, besides just weighing yourself, how can you track progress? And it's really just a culmination of all the years of advice and, and mentoring people. 
and, you know, coupled with my own experience and just building upon what's in Delight Don't Deny. So I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to make a commercial for no, no. here, but it's, it's really a very different book, but it yeah. still is written by me. And it sounds like me, you'll recognize right. me within it, right. but I'm really proud of it. And I think it's, it's a really good book, a lot more science, even right. stuff from 2019, new stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I still go back to delay, don't deny, right? When right, it, it's it's such a like I said, it's such a great guidebook, and and when you you know when you are stuck or you're starting to question something, or if somebody asks a question, you know, it's so nice to be able to go back to the book. And I and again, I you know, repeating myself, but I, I that's how I know that this is so different than anything else that I've done my entire dieting career is my need and want to, to learn more about it and to want to learn more detail and, and understand it. And, and again, I think it's because this is a long-term lifestyle at a forever lifestyle, however you want to put it and, and wanting to have the knowledge to be able to tell people about it when I get asked about it. It's interesting. Yeah. I think you're really going to like the new book then because it, it really has, it goes deeper into every possible part of the science, but not in a way that makes no sense. Like it's not, you know, written above your head kind of deep. So people who who are just starting off on day one will be able to take something out of it. But people who have been doing intermittent fasting for years will also get something out of it. There's something new in there for everybody, which is what I'm super proud That's of. Great. So I can't wait for it to come out. It's been so hard not to talk about it. <laughs> I know you were pretty excited when you mentioned it, you know, a week or two ago. When I could yeah. finally, finally talk about it because it just popped up on pre-order to my surprise because they didn't tell me it was oh, going wow. to do that. And yeah, they're like, let's wait till it's available for pre-order to announce it. But then there it was. So someone actually told me about it. They found right, it, not me. Right. <laughs> you know, but now I feel like I'm so excited to talk oh, about it. Oh, that's great. Can't wait. Too bad we have to wait till 2020 to 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 get I it. know. Why do they wait that long? I know. It's done. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Well, the publishing process doesn't move quickly because there's like so many players 
in it. Like, you know, there's the team that's working on the Amazon. There's the part that are working on the cover. Oh, there's okay. somebody working on the Audible book. So it's really, it's like there's so many players in a big publishing house. You know, if I'm self-publishing like my others, I just write it, upload it, release it. It would right. be out. You know, they have to print them. And, you know, there's so many more parts right. to it. You know, one of the things that, that I, I did, I, I actually sent you my little PowerPoint slides and I promise I'll post some before and, and during pictures shortly on the, on the Facebook page. But one of the things that, that I do is, is I, rather than, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I love that people share, but I, I'm a little more shy. I'm not shy in general, but I'm a little more shy about sharing. So, but I keep visuals for myself. And so I have a PowerPoint slide deck just because that's what I use word or whatever, but I have the picture, one of those family pictures from July 4th was my starting picture. And then I take once a month a picture. I'm about due to take another one that I put in this slide deck. One of the things in, in Appetite, the power of appetite correction that Bert talks about is having, you know, we have vision boards, right? So he, he, right. he has you suggest that you have three, you have your N body, which is not a goal body. You have your G body or your, your goal body where you'll feel happy. And then you have the I body, which is inspirational body. And, you know, the best that you can imagine that you're, you know, that your body would be, you know, what's interesting about it though, is that, you know, I've, I've fought for so long and part out, partly out of self-preservation that I don't have to have a model body to be worth worthy, you know? So this, so this inspirational right. body thing kind of tweaks at that a little bit in my mind, because to me, it's more mental, emotional and physiological, not necessarily the packaging, certainly the goal body which is where I'm comfortable and happy and feel, you know, that I can conquer the world is something that resonates with me, but it's kind of like a vision board and I love it. And I, I really think it's important. And especially when your scale doesn't move, you know, maybe your measurements aren't, aren't changing as quickly as you'd like to see them change. I, I think the visual is super important and I really, really like the advice of doing that and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I agree. I actually did that. I had an actual vision board of, for my weight and, and what I wanted to get to. And it was pictures of me where I had been at yep. a happy weight. But of course, I was taking diet yes. pills at the time. So here's my goal. I want to look like I did when I took diet pills, but without the diet pills. And, and thankfully, I've been able to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it helped me to look at it. You know, it yeah, really did. The, the pictures that I sent you on the goal page were from 2010. And I had just finished, let's see, about seven months worth of uh, the ACG diet. Yeah. That makes me tired just to think about doing that diet again. Yeah, totally. That one wears you slap out. It does. It does. Well, and it's interesting because on the alternate day fasting, which I don't do yet, and I'm not saying I won't, but for now I'm, I'm doing fine with the everyday intermittent fasting protocol. The days where you would eat some protocol suggests 500, 500 calories. calories. Now, yeah. granted, it's all in one meal. You know, the HCG diet, I think it was more like eight or 900 calories and it was spread out across the day, but it was 500. HCG yeah. was yeah. 500. Well, the one that I followed, it was 500. Well, the one when I was eight was 500, but the the one that I did in 2010, it was around eight or 900. Yeah. But, you know, you, you had the ACG plus they gave you the diet pills. So you were doing both. I don't, you know, it was just constant hunger, even with the with diet pills. I mean, you were hungry and running 100 miles an hour. 
oh yeah, that was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That feeling, it's such a bad feeling. I remember it. That's why I finally quit the diet pills because I felt so bad. I was like, well, I can maintain my weight, but I feel like I'm crazy. So I'm going to stop being crazy. And then of course I gained weight like, like a nut. I mean, my weight just was like, bam. Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And, and, and now uh, as we've discussed, you know, it all makes sense why. Right. We get it. So your, your 2010 HCG photos are now your goal for now. Is that, that's your goal body? Yeah, that was, that's my goal body. And I'm about 35 pounds from that. That's exciting. Actually, I don't know for sure because I haven't weighed. So it's interesting. The, the weighing thing is a battle in my mind. You know, I went from weighing regularly to stop weighing and, and, you know, I'm currently doing the once a month weighing, but I did read some really good uh, input within the last couple of days on the uh, support page about the value of, of weighing and, and averaging it. Yeah. Because if I, even if I weigh only once a month, well, what if that day happens to be an up day for me? Right. Because right. your weight can Instead fluctuate of, within five pounds. And then right. let's say you really have lost five pounds this month, but today you're on the upward swing of a fluctuation. Right. It might look right. like you've gained a pound. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go back to the, to the mindset of re- weighing more regularly and just not dealing, not worrying about the fluctuations. Yeah. And the, the weekly average, do you have an iPhone? I do. I actually just downloaded the happy scale. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) And I also just, and I also just recently about a couple of weeks ago bought a, uh, a scale that somebody had posted about recently that actually connects to your phone. Perfect. That really Um, helped me. And you know, you could even just get on it and not look at it. Just get on it and yeah. not look at oh, it and let the data idea. go. And then you don't have to see it. I don't know if I could it. do that. I know though. I couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I could do that. But it's an I, idea. I'd have to not. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think the scale thing, I did, that was a really good point that I hadn't really thought through about the only way in once a month, you know, if you were on an up day. Right. So, and it, it's tricky um, because it messes with our mind. It's all good if it's down, but if it isn't, then yes. you start to second guess everything. And so that's true. You know, if you, if, because sometimes people will post in the group, they're like, well, I stopped weighing myself, but I feel like I'm bigger. So this isn't working. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, we can't go yeah. by feel bigger. No, you yep. have to, <laughs> you might not be, but maybe you are, but we don't have any data. Right. You got to get some data. And I think that the main thing, Jen, that keeps me from not blowing a gasket if the scale goes up is that this is sustainable. I'm, you know, it's like I, I'm eating what I want to eat during my window. I'm, I'm not overdoing it. I'm, you know, I, you know, some, some IFers are happy with going slow as snail and eating whatever they want you know, to the point of it would be too much for me necessarily. But because I know that this is forever, right? This, I know that I'm not going to stop doing this a week from now or a month from now and gain back, you know, whatever. Right now I'm down a little over 30 pounds. I know that's not going to happen because all I have to do is not eat for however many hours a day and eat during my eating window, otherwise clean fast. And I, I know I will not gain weight long-term. I know that that's, eventually that's it's great. going to go down. So I've never... We have the peace about it. Yes, absolutely. So so I don't stress about, you know, the, the scale thing. I was doing it psychologically and, and kind of like a, a birthday present, right? So when you only weigh once a month, it's like, oh, today's my birthday. I get to open my present. 
But there's a catch-22 there, right? Because sometimes maybe that present right. will be a lump of coal. And for me, if I knew I was going to weigh, I would start to do diety things. Oh, like, yeah. ooh, tomorrow's my weigh-in day. I better not eat anything today because that's how crazy my mind would work. That's true. That, that's actually true. <laughs> yeah, that would happen to me. We are almost out of time. In about one minute, you know, what would you tell somebody just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew before you got started? Yeah. You know, I think the main thing is, is educate yourself and keep learning. The resources that are available, you know, between your book, Jason Fung's book, Bert Herring's book, and then of course, all of the online podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, the support page, especially. It's, it's your support page is a veritable encyclopedia of IF guide. And I think anything that any question that you have has probably been asked, all you have to do is search, Yes, you know, search (laughs) the topic. (laughs) Love that tip, by the way, search the topic, y'all. Yeah. Keyword search. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) People are like, has anyone ever asked this question? I'm like, yes, they asked it one hour ago. (laughs) In fact. (laughs) Yeah. And, And the other thing I think is that is take all the advice and information that you see in the context of everyone's different. So what works for some may not be best for you. Don't be dis- I love don't that. be discouraged because your results don't match up with somebody else's. You know, I think what's interesting is that if you if you've been on the page long enough, you'll see that the slow and methodical progress experience far far outnumber the fast and furious results. It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think if you keep that in mind, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, the old adage, and and just know that it's the most flexible way of being healthy that there is out there. It's free 90 free. And yeah, I love that. <laughs> and 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 it works. And like I said, I'm I'm only about halfway to my goal, but I have no doubt that however long it's going to take, I will get there. And for the first time in my life, I will be able to maintain it. It will not no longer be a yo-yo. Well, that is just fantastic. Well, thank, thank you so much, Kathy, for talking to me today. And I'll see you around the group. Sounds good. Thanks, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.